0: s.co and use my code divine healing by d to sign up and find sponsors that's podmetrics.co referral code divine healing by d good luck hey guys welcome back to divine healing by d i have a really fun and interesting episode today Hopefully everyone can listen with no judgment and and an open heart. I have Tanae Stewart on. She is known as the Witch of Lupine Hollow. She is a practicing cottage witch for nearly a decade and also a full-time astrologer and self-love and empowerment coach as well as a published author. She will use modalities like seasonal astrology, whole sign houses, then she has her own unique method called the pillars of divinity for creating sustainable self-care rituals she helps people live their best lives with using the cycles of the season and moon phases she has intuitive techniques and divination and she uses oracle cards and a lot of other tools on her site she is very sweet and this is pretty educational for people who like don't really know about the work that they do So hope you enjoy it. It was really interesting. And here she is. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How's your day going? It's going. It's going. (laughs) Monday morning. I know. I'm so glad that you agreed to come on and you're going to talk to me today. So thank you. You're so welcome. Thanks for the invitation. Of course.
1: So do you mind introducing
0: yourself for the listeners,
1: please? Of course. So my name is Tanae Stewart. Um, I'm known online as the Witch of Lupin Hollow. I'm a professional witch, an astrologer, a spiritual coach. I'm an author. Um, I really focus on helping people to embody simplicity in their rituals and their magic and their self-care um, so that they can be the most magical version of themselves. Love it. And how did you know you were a magical woman? What was
0: the first sign?
1: Mm, that's such a good question. Um, well, I mean, I really started practicing when I was Officially, until I was, I think I was about 18. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I just, growing up, I was always really connected to the moon and to the seasons. I was just always really, really tied to nature in that way and really interested in spiritualities that focused on that. Um, I wasn't raised in a religious household by any means, but I did go to a Christian school. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I had kind of like these different perspectives around me growing up. Um, you know, some Catholic family, you know, Christian school, my kind of more secular parents. Um, and so it's interesting how I just kind of found this path through, you know, a series of events, of course, not not completely in a vacuum, but it was just something I was always drawn to, even as a kid.
0: That's amazing. That's good that you, but what, there wasn't any judgment or criticism once you came, once you
1: came, like you were coming into age and you started to practice, was there, or it was pretty natural? You know, it's interesting. When I look back, it was pretty natural, but at the time I was, you know, definitely kind of worried about it and scared Mm -hmm. about people knowing that this was something I was interested in, especially because the Christian school that I had gone to, I went to middle school there essentially, and then did other things in high school. Um, I went to like a charter school in high school, so I've really been pretty removed from it in my education, but I had started volunteering at the the Christian school that I had gone to, and so I was a volunteer art teacher there for many years, and I loved what I did there, and and I felt really connected to the kids, and I still had, you know, a lot of friends and just people I was very close to in that Mm -hmm. environment, and so I was really worried about, you know, people kind of, you know, quote-unquote finding out, what I was doing and what I was finding that I really believed. Um, And so even though I think that I probably wouldn't have had any judgment from my family and I probably would have had, you know, none if, you know, very little judgment from anyone else that I knew, like I I felt that I would, you know, we have this kind of conditioning. It's something we need to hide. Um, and so I didn't really end up becoming very open about it until a couple of years ago, really. I'd been practicing for many years. I'd had a blog for years. I was pretty open online. Um, but you know, I didn't start using my real name and, and be really open about it with people that I knew in real life um, until just a few years ago.
0: Wow, very cool. And
1: I just found out, is this true that there are different types
0: of witchcraft, like family witchcraft, green witchcraft, kitchen witchcraft, wicca, ceremonial, hoodoo, like, are these all different
1: types of witchcraft? Yeah, absolutely, mm-hmm. yeah. So witchcraft is like a really, really big umbrella in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like saying you're Christian, right? Like, exactly. like that can mean so many different things and you might believe a lot of different things within that umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's really, I mean, there's magical people, whether they call themselves witches or not, or call themselves something else in mm-hmm. pretty much every culture. You know, there, there's certain yes, threads exactly. that, yeah, that really come through all over the world. And I find that one of the things that is, kind of most essential in Mm -hmm. at least most cultures is some kind of connection to nature. Um, It's so powerful. So that's kind of the main thread for most paths, um, although, you know, not necessarily all, but yeah, everything you listed and more. (laughs) And more.
0: So everybody in a way is experiencing or doing some kind of like witchcraft, whether they're not
1: aware of it or not. I really believe that. Yeah, Yeah. I think in a lot of ways we're all witches.
0: I think so too. I feel like sometimes I've also heard this, just some people who even watch the moon when it's full, it's like, that's, that's like a practice.
1: It really is. And that's really how I got started. And I actually find that that in particular, like really being aware of the full moon, and just the moon phases in general um is kind of what brings so many of us to this path because we we uh-huh, kind of question yeah. like why am i so drawn to this you know why does this seem so impactful and then we start to look it up and we're like oh <laughs> maybe i'm a witch <laughs>
0: <laughs> i mean i think it's so funny we're like recording this the night of a full moon
1: <laughs> i know i love it <laughs> it's just it's,
0: it's like such a great sign i love it also um, so I wanted to ask you some, like, easy everyday rituals that some people could do to live, like, their most magical life. Like, what do you do? What do you recommend people start with if they're interested?
1: Yeah. So I think the one of the best ways to get started is actually following the moon phases because mm-hmm. it's so accessible. Um, you know, there's tons of, like, free apps on Android and iPhone and everything, you know, that you can – Actually, just have notifications on your phone of like what the moon phase is, and it just like reminds you. And even, I mean, even if that's all it is, you know, if you just download an app and you kind of pay attention, know what phase the moon is in, like that in and of itself, it can be a really powerful way to get started because the moon Mm -hmm. phases just have such a beautiful, powerful impact on our moods and our what we're caring about any given day. Um, so the, following the moon in any way, whether it's as simple as, you know, downloading an app or if you're actually, like, doing a ritual for the full moon or, or anything like that, anything that you're doing with the moon is such a good way to start. Um, but I also think that, it, like, a daily morning ritual is a really mm-hmm. good option, um, and that can be very simple as well. You know, if it's a morning when I'm particularly busy, you know, I might just, like, light a candle while I eat my breakfast. Um, or I might do some journaling, I might do some yoga. Um, So it doesn't have to look exactly the same every day to Mm -hmm. be daily. Um, And, you know, you can totally skip days, too. It's still a daily practice. But just having something where you're really checking in with yourself, um, and checking in with your intuition and checking in with how you feel and why it's, I always say that one of the greatest tools we have at our disposal as witches is awareness, you know, awareness, Mm what phase is the moon in? What sign is the moon in? You know, what what season is it? What's growing outside in my garden? How am
0: mm, I? I love that's, that.
1: It's really powerful.
0: That's that's interesting. Checking what's in season. Ah, yes. that's great. Okay, I love that.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know, and that's one of those things that's like, it It does depend on your particular path and like mm. what you start out. Um, But I find that really flowing with the seasons is kind of like, you know, it's the same basic idea of flowing with the moon phases. Mm -hmm, It's it's year instead of all month. Um, So they're just like checkpoints. They give us something to kind of measure ourselves against to say, you know, oh, you know, a new season has passed. Like, how have I changed? How have I grown? What have I experienced?
0: I love that. Is there anything else you would like to add, like a different modality that you like to add in your practice that you haven't yet?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to start doing – I mean, I do some spell work, um, mm. but mostly it's, like, just, like, very intuitive and, mm-hmm. you know, with, like, my morning tea kind of a thing. Um, I've been wanting to start doing more intentional candle spells and, like, oh, doing, doing more of that kind of spell work, um, which I do, but I've been writing a lot lately about it, um, and it's been making me kind of want to, you know, do some more little bit more in-depth spells. I just my practice is very, very simple, and I love that yeah. about it. And I think that you know we should kind of simple's honor. is usually better. It is simple's usually better, but sometimes you know, especially when you've been doing it for a really long time, it can be fun to kind of branch out and do some new things. Mm. So.
0: But people aren't really aware that writing is like spelling. Like when you write, it's like casting a spell.
1: Exactly. Yeah, okay. and that's why journaling is so powerful. It helps us both to release things out of our heads and release things out of our lives and also to call in what we do want.
0: Mm-hmm. I have a big question. I think this is like the first thing that comes into somebody's mind. If you like meet a witch and, and they say like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a practicing witch. What is the difference between a white witch and a black witch?
1: Good question. Um, so actually the terms are totally outdated. Mm-hmm. Um, exactly. <laughs>
0: I was and- hoping you would lead with that.
1: Yes. Yes. They're totally outdated. Um, because first of all, I mean, most witches will tell you that, you know, nobody exists only on one side or the other, right? Like right. there's nothing, nothing that is purely light, quote unquote, and nothing mm-hmm. that is purely evil or bad. Um, you know, there are many witches. It's such a complicated topic, right? Where do I begin? Um, <laughs> That's this, why I there, ask it because I, I have <laughs> to get into, into the really complicated stuff. Thank you yeah so um you know on the one hand there's this you know been this movement in the last maybe 5 to 10 years of you know kind of like the love and light perspective right <laughs> um which is really not witchcraft right like mm-hmm. people who are kind of proclaiming that and also claiming to be a witch like i kind of fundamentally there's something breaking down there there's some kind of disconnect oh, yeah. is because witchcraft really is about going into the darkness. You know, it's about being able to confront the shadow part of ourselves and and be able to both release it and transform it into something else. Um, and sometimes to integrate it. You know, to say actually this isn't a bad thing. This is actually a beautiful part of me, even if it's even if it's flawed or even if it's something that other people don't like. Um, so the the shadow piece, the shadow work aspect of witchcraft, I think is really important. Um, and something that we all need to be doing in, in our own way, whether it's through witchcraft or through some other method. So that's one piece, right? Is like, we really can't be just a, a light witch because mm-hmm. that we're kind of neglecting a whole part of ourselves. Oh, yeah. um, but then the other piece of it is that, well, two things, <laughs> two other <laughs> pieces. One thing is that, you know, some of the, the magic that is considered or especially that has been considered in the last... Few decades to be kind mm-hmm. of you know, bad or dark, um, ne- isn't necessarily. You know, a lot of people for a long time were talking about like, you know, you shouldn't hex and you shouldn't do curses. Exactly. Maybe you shouldn't even be banishing things, right? And the mm-hmm. perspective on that has really started to shift in the last couple of years. That, like, first of all, banishing can be really healthy. You know, it yeah. can be boundaries. But also that, you know, even sometimes hexes and curses and these different kinds of things that we just like carry so much baggage around these words, sometimes they can be for our own benefit. You know, they are not our own benefit. I mean, our own highest good. Um, yeah. You know, not just our material benefit. And so, you know, it de- totally depends on the witch. And it's the one of those things that's just completely personal and really depends on how you feel. Some people will tell you that, you know, if you hex somebody, what you send to them is going to come back to you three times. Mm-hmm. If you believe that, then yeah, believe that, you know, embody that. Um, but if you don't believe that, you know, feel into why and ask yourself, is this thing that I want to do, is it in the best interest of everyone? Um, mm-hmm. And sometimes it is. So it, yeah. it can be complicated. Um, but it's also really important to address the fact that, you know, these terms we use of like light witch or white witch and black mm. witch or evil witch, right? Like they're really rooted in racism um, at the Very. end. And Just like ignorant. you were saying, Exactly. Yeah. It's really one of those things where we've just internalized it so much, we don't even notice it anymore. Yeah. Um, Like, oh, I wonder where those terms came from. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, like you were saying at the beginning, you know, voodoo and a couple of other different paths that really originate in the Caribbean and in Africa, um, you know, they do practice witchcraft. And there's really beautiful paths that are rooted in these traditions. um, But they, you know, were just completely... um, uh, what's the word I want to use? Like, targeted, I guess, by mm. you know, European and by American culture, saying that, like, no, this is something bad, this is something evil um, because of the people who are practicing it. And it, it was a, another way to take away people's culture. Um, wow. And so, you know, we really need to really become aware of that and move away from this concept that there is such a thing as like black magic um, because things can be dark, things can be evil. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it's it's not about it's not about blackness you know it's not about yeah. color i you know i'm really
0: glad that we talked about that because that was like the main message i want to i wanted to get out in this episode because i hear that like i would hear that a lot black witch white witch black magic white magic and i'm just so glad that you beautifully just explained it and yeah, so I'm, I'm really hoping that if anybody, like, really wants to get into, like, they can contact you and, like, not be afraid. I just want to get, like, what are the biggest m- misconceptions about you personally that you've heard that you've just, like, you want to get out there?
1: Yeah, such good questions. No, thank you for asking that question, because I think it is one that people just have in the back of their heads. Yes. Like, there's such a thing as, you know, black magic. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think misconceptions... One of the biggest things is one of the biggest questions I get both personally and, you know, kind of generally online mm-hmm. is kind of like, what does it mean to be a witch? And how do I know if I'm a witch? Um, and mm-hmm. people often assume that, you know, either you have like studied with someone for years and you've been mm-hmm. initiated into a practice. And that might be, there are practices that you do need to be initiated into. Mm-hmm. Um Or people will assume that, you know, it's it's hereditary in some way, that there's something, some way that you can be a natural witch. And people will oh, I'm a natural witch. Um, I think so. I think that's real. And I find that, I think we are all natural witches. Like we were saying at the beginning, you know, I think that kind of saying that in some way implies that other people aren't. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's not the case. You know, we all have the capability to be witches. We all have that spark inside of us. And it's just a matter of how we channel it. You know, some people might, you know, be very, very magical and very, very intuitive and not identify as witches. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's great, you know, you need to find your own path. But for those of us who do feel called to it, what I always tell people is, you know, if you feel that you're a witch, if you're asking like, am I a witch? You're probably a witch. (laughs) Right. If you've gotten that far, it's probably for you. It's probably true. Um, and you don't have to be initiated. You don't have to do any particular, Ritual to like now I'm a witch. You know, for me, I think it's not about becoming a witch. It's about mm. realizing that you are one. Mm. Um, and so I think that's the biggest one. That's the biggest thing that I you know just like want to dispel out there in the world is that, you know, you have to do something to become a witch or that you some people are and some people aren't. Um, you know, it's more about what you feel and what you believe and and really what you know to be true. You know, claiming a mm. witch is about, claiming your power and that that feels powerful to you.
0: I see. I have like two questions. I don't know how to phrase one of them without sounding like, uh, I'll just get to it. Do you, can people, (laughs) can, let's say there's this witch and she is not a nice witch and she continuously sends hexes, bad waves of jealousy, and she's constantly doing spell work to hurt people. Mm -hmm. Could that witch get, physically very ill in the future from constantly sending bad energy or casting bad spells? Can you, are there, is there something really scary
1: that's going to come out after that? Yeah, potentially, you know, so this is the thing where like we really have to feel into what's truly right for us Mm -hmm. um, in terms of what we're practicing and what we're doing with our magic. Right. Because there is such a thing as, you know, a useful or a, Uh, let's just say hex, right? Like a hex that is for someone's highest good, right? And that might be something like, you know, maybe someone, I'm I'm just going to pull, you know, an example out of my head, right? Um, But, you know, maybe someone is like really in love with someone who just like doesn't return their feelings, right? Like a narcissist abusing them. Right, exactly. And, you know, maybe turning that around and sending it away is going to be useful for that Mm -hmm. person, right? Right. Um, But... I think in my personal belief and in my personal mm-hmm. practice I don't do a lot of that kind of magic um, right. because my practice is very focused on myself you know it's very focused mm-hmm. on self-care and it's very focused on like what do I need to do so mm-hmm. for me I don't really believe in casting ma- magic I, not against but against or on other people right mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that casting magic on other people is necessarily bad okay. Um so, you know, it really depends on the individual practice. So if someone is really using magic to really intentionally hurt other people, right? Like mm-hmm. their, and their curses are designed to take something from someone or yes. hurt someone or something like that, right? Mm-hmm. And it's not really focused on, like, the highest good. It's focused on the material benefit or it's focused on – not that material benefit is good, is bad either. Um, but, you right. know, it can be. It's one of those things where it's like – We really live in that gray area between like what is for my own benefit, what is for the benefit Mm -hmm. of other people, and really ideally what is, you know, the middle of that Venn diagram, what is for the benefit of everyone. Um, And, you know, we make those choices, we decide, and we do this in our everyday regular lives too, right? It's not just about magic, we make choices Mm -hmm. based on what is good for me, what is good for the other person, and hopefully what is good for both of us. But sometimes we have to make a choice, you know, what is good for me? Um, And so the thing is that to answer your original question, you know, if Mm -hmm. someone is continually doing this kind of magic and this Mm -hmm. kind of energy where they're really intentionally trying to hurt someone or they're, you know, really trying to like steal something from someone else, Mm -hmm. um, I do think that, you know, that can come back to you. That can Mm -hmm. absolutely come back to you, especially when the intention is to hurt or to harm versus like maybe you're doing a spell and you don't even think about the consequences for someone else, right? And it wasn't Mm -hmm. your intention at all. Like, I don't necessarily think that that's going to come back to you and that that's going to be like you, you know, it's like the good place, right? It's like you weren't thinking about the consequences of your actions that you couldn't have even known about, like, and you're going to be punished for them. Right. Like, like that's not, I don't believe that that's the case, right? I think that our intention does come into it in a lot of ways, but Mm. that we also need to be mindful of, you know, For in a sure. larger scheme. So I think that if someone's intention really yeah. is hurt and harm, um, that yeah, it can come back to you. Mm. Um, but that there are lots of other reasons that, that bad things happen to us as well. Right. Oh, hundred percent.
0: But how, how about you're on the receiving end? Like, how do you protect yourself from people that are
1: evil? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that just like grounding and shielding mm-hmm. and, you know, really simple protective magic um, that we might not even think of as magic. You know, exactly. a lot of people do these kinds of things without even realizing. I know. <laughs> we do things like we put up energetic boundaries, you know, we, yeah. you know, a lot of people report that like, oh, I never knew I, that that was a thing other people did, you know, of like envisioning light around yourself or envisioning mm-hmm. yourself like kind of in a bubble or like being protected in some way. Um, a lot of us do this very naturally without knowing it's a thing. Um, I do, yeah. That's, yeah, that's shielding. It's really powerful. So really simple stuff like that. Um, and but then I think the biggest thing really is just like practical stuff. You know, like locking your doors at night, and you mm-hmm. know, just like just doing the the simple practical things that you know. Sometimes it's not about magic. Sometimes it's just about being smart and you know making sure that you're you're taking care of your body you're taking care of yourself Um, Mm -hmm. but then also kind of layering the magic on top of that you know and and saying like this is an additional protection so that i feel protected energetically as well
0: like wearing crystals or maybe
1: burning palo santo or sage right those things definitely yeah yeah cleansing in that way doing cleansing things you can burn cleansing herbs you can do cleansing sprays um Mm -hmm. you can even just do like a visualization to cleanse you can imagine golden light, cleansing your space. Um, you know, it can be so many different things. You can use oils, you can use dried herbs, you can use crystals, you can use salt mm-hmm. um, for cleansing and, and for protection. Um, yes. But then you know, we also, it's important to remember we don't necessarily need the tools to do the magic. We really just mm-hmm. need, need ourselves yeah. and our own power.
0: And our intent. Yeah, exactly. Right. So I was wondering, among witches, like what in your opinion, and other people have said to you, like, what is the most, I don't know, dangerous or dangerous type of witchcraft that none of you really want to like dabble in or you're scared to dabble? In? Is there any type like that that anyone is scared to dabble in that just you no, know, you don't want to touch?
1: I mean, I wouldn't say there's anything that's universal. Like, it mm-hmm. just depends so much on people's mm-hmm. own experiences. And, you know, I know yeah. a lot of witches who, you know, aren't necessarily really up for like spirit guide journeys or head mm. guided, you know, like really, really deep meditation where you're, you really feel as though you're out of your body. You know, some people don't feel comfortable with that. That doesn't necessarily mean it's dangerous. It just means right. it's not right for some people. Um, exactly. so there's things like that. And then, I mean, definitely, I would say probably the closest thing mm-hmm. to universal, but that's still not a good word for me to use, um, <laughs> is, you know, working with, like spirits and working with the dead um, you know, a lot of witches do a lot of witches work right. either, either hear spirits and, and receive messages in one way or another. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, that comes totally naturally. A lot of times people who have those kinds of gifts, like shut themselves off to it when they were done because it did scare them. Um, And so they might be kind of scared to try to reopen that door because they had frightening experiences. Um, Again, it doesn't necessarily mean it's dangerous or bad. It just means it frightened them, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So that's one thing is, you know, like just being open to spirits and being able to communicate with them. Um, And a lot of people will kind of like steer clear of that because they don't want to even if they do want to communicate with a particular spirit or an ancestor or something like that, they might be afraid of, you know, accidentally inviting in something else, um, something that does wish them harm. Um, And so there's a few simple things that you can do to kind of like set up those energetic boundaries. One is Mm -hmm. when you are in that space and you're opening up that, that portal, that channel to a spirit, um, is to you know just really be super clear about your intentions and say this is what I'm open to. Yes. Um, you know you just state like I only wish to receive my messages in my dreams, or I only wish to receive messages through my tarot cards, or something like that. And I don't want to see spirits. You know or I don't want to hear audible messages. Mm-hmm. Um, so you you can really set up those energetic boundaries, and you can also say things like you know, I'm only open to well-intentioned spirits or I'm only open to healed spirits or things like that. So there's things you can do, you know, but it's the kind of thing that like, it's just not right for everyone. Um, mm-hmm. It's not necessarily everyone is going to feel good doing. So it's, you know, like everything, it's about really feeling into what do I feel comfortable with? Why do I feel called to a particular practice or not? Um, you know, and just kind of remaining open to that changing because it can change over time. Uh, great answer, I totally agree. So you would say basically
0: you embody and you practice the law of attraction a lot, right? As a witch.
1: To a point, yeah. To yes. a point? Please, yeah. please explain so think, Yeah, so law of attraction is an interesting one because on the one hand, many of us have experienced it really working in many okay. ways. That, you know, the more we focus on abundance, the more good things and wealth comes to us and et cetera, mm-hmm. right? That, that we really find that like our intention and our focus and positive thinking and all these things that they really do work. Um, but the kind of caveat to the law of attraction is yeah. that sometimes the, the world is a little bit more complicated than the law of attraction allows for. Um, and so that's where the this kind of like gray area shadow work aspect of witchcraft really comes in. And what I think sets specifically witchcraft apart from other law of attraction practices, um, that witchcraft really acknowledges That sometimes things aren't that simple, you know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. our intention and our focus might be, you know, fully and completely on board with positivity and abundance and bad things might still happen in our lives. Um, And that, you know, we have to do that shadow work. We have to recognize that, first of all, sometimes the world isn't set up to support us um, in one form or another, you know, whether that's because of some of our identities or whether that's just because, you know, some things are messed up in our society or whatever it is, um, that sometimes things aren't set up for, for us that aren't set up to support us. And also that, you know, there are other factors at play. Like we might be totally focused on, I want to call in this thing, but maybe someone else is calling in something that's contrary to that, you know? Um, and that like, we don't exist in a vacuum. And so so I think that the shadow work piece uh, married with some of the ideas of law of attraction can really be even more powerful because it allows us to both like not take responsibility for things that aren't our fault or that we don't have control over, but also letting us take control of our own energy and our own focus completely and knowing that we do have that personal power. It's just that sometimes there's other factors at play as well. Hmm. It made me think of this saying that my mom always says.
0: She says her grandfather used to say to her when she was younger. Never scorn somebody so badly that if, you know, they're super upset and they feel really really hurt and they say something to you like they curse you that will come true and you will take it. Is there have you do you believe in that? Like do you think that do you guys practice
1: that? Mm, do you mean that like if if you hurt someone and they feel really hurt that like you are responsible for what they send to you.
0: Yeah. So like let's say I tell your friend, like I really hurt your friend very badly and your friend like curses me out big time, whatever they whatever curse they send me, I will get it like very, very strongly.
1: Hmm. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think that I think that on the one hand, like I think we do we you know reap what we sow whatever whatever you know cliche i'm gonna say there um that you know if we do hurt somebody you know like we were saying earlier you know if we do hurt someone like we are responsible for that and we do need to do what we can to either rectify what we did Mm -hmm. or ourselves and them and etc right um Mm -hmm. and i think that taking responsibility is actually a big part of witchcraft in a lot of ways that like because when you choose to step into your own power, right, like you're taking responsibility for yourself in like a really very physical way, you're saying that like I have the power to change things, I have the power to adapt my reality, um, and that is a lot of responsibility in a lot of ways. Because when we haven't taken that control, when we haven't taken that responsibility you know, we can kind of say like, oh, that happened because of that other thing that happened outside of me. Um, mm-hmm. And so that's the balance, right? Is like, sometimes there are factors outside of ourselves. But at the end of the day, we also are control of our own energy. Um, and so it, it is such a interesting gray area to kind of navigate of like, on the one hand, did I call this thing in, right? Mm. On the, did I call in this harm in some way, because sometimes we do, right? Sometimes we sabotage ourselves or we invite in something um, that is hurting hurting us in some way, but then, of course, there are absolutely circumstances that we are not at fault for, that, you know, sometimes bad things happen to us for yeah. various reasons, right, um, and that I think is really important we not take responsibility for those things that we did not cause to ourselves. Um, that can be really, really traumatic and damaging, and so... You know, if we did hurt someone, yeah, and, you know, even if it wasn't intentional, like I don't necessarily think that, you know, we're going to get, you know, threefold the accidental thing we did. Right. But I do think that if we really did hurt someone and we become aware of it, like it is our responsibility to do what we can to heal it. And sometimes that healing is, you know, letting someone be angry with you and, and not telling them like, well, I said, I'm sorry. And so you need to be mm-hmm. You know, like sometimes. It is that nuance of being like, I am going to do what I can to heal this situation, but also I recognize that I'm at fault and, you know, your feeling of how I hurt you is valid and I have to accept it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that obviously that goes for much more than just magic and witchcraft, you know, that of goes for any, any kind of interaction. Any human
0: type of decency, I guess. Yeah, It's just, it made me think of a, like a group. So the women in my family, like if they are, I've it's it's been a little bit scary. Like if they've been like very very scorned or like upset at something and they say something, and like that thing happens right away. Mm-hmm. So when they say like oh like speaking is like spell casting, we have to be careful with our words. Like firsthand, I've experienced like I've seen that. I've seen people get very hurt. I've seen them say stuff, and those things end up happening. So. I'm very, very careful now with speech. Not that I have that. I don't have that. <laughs> I didn't get that gene, uh-huh. but <laughs> I've been a witness
1: to it and it's it's pretty powerful stuff. So well, I'm like very, well, very careful. It, that is a really, really powerful point that like, Especially as we start to step into that power, you know, we are taking responsibility that, like, I, I am aware I have this power to change things and mm-hmm. to affect the world around me. And I do need to be careful about what I think and what I say. Like, I've definitely had that experience where I've, like, you know, you accidentally manifest something, like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I don't I, – it is that nuance of, like, on the one hand, I don't think that, you know, every bad thing we ever say is going to come true. Of but, course, you know, we're human and we're going to have negative thoughts and we're going to, you know, th- these things come up. But, you know, I think it is also true that, like, we c- really can, like, say something flippantly offhand and then realize, like, oh, I accidentally brought that into my life. I accidentally, you know, made that happen. Um, so it is that there's a balance, you know, between Absolutely. like being human and not stressing and being like, oh, my God, if I ever say anything bad or wrong, you know, I, it's going to come to me and et cetera um because that's how we like end up pulled up in our houses afraid to talk to anyone but that's true also you know taking responsibility for the power we do have
0: but here's another way of thinking about it maybe it's just a prophecy maybe we're just psychic and we see it coming and we say it first oh,
1: well and that too i think that could definitely <laughs> be true that like we just become aware of an energy that's already in existence
0: like sometimes i just like say stuff and like i don't even know how it came out, where it came out, it just, I just forget that I said it. But when that happens, usually that, that specific thing I said, will, <laughs> will come to life <laughs> for yeah. me. So I take that for me, I see like, okay, I'm very self aware. I'm like, okay, maybe. And I can like, I am i can see things before they happen. I have a feeling of things happening before they happen. So I've just accepted it. Just I'm not the manifesting type. (laughs) But um but I I did take the quiz on your site and it made so much sense because I got the garden garden one.
1: And I'm and I'm a
0: triple Virgo so I feel like it's just like what else would I be right?
1: Oh my gosh, that's amazing. I love triple placements. That's so cool.
0: (laughs) You love it. It's it's pretty annoying for other people. I mean I'm like (laughs) accepting it but I'm like really set in one way and sometimes like, I'm very down to earth. And I've been told, like, no, like, can you? (laughs) Can you be like a little bit more annoying about this? Or could you? Oh, you're so chill. Oh, it's always, I've, I've been told that. So I mean, I think it's good. But sometimes, I mean, I don't want to be so analytical, right?
1: Totally. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting, because the when someone has a triple placement like that, or their sun, moon and rising are all in the same sign, pretty much Mm -hmm. the not pretty much the only way that that can happen the only way you can have all three together like that is if you were born near sunrise on or very near a new moon um Mm -hmm.
0: 609 a.m
1: it's perfect (laughs) it's really powerful because it just has that like very new energy like that's just in you um and it's just like encoded in who you are is that like fresh start new moon sunrise energy um and so it's really really powerful but it can be i those I, that i know who have those triple placements often say that where it's like i just am who i am and like i cannot be anything else it's which can be kind of frustrating sometimes yeah. you know because it's like we sometimes we want to have those like different parts of us but you know especially people who have all three and even people who have like their sun and rising or their moon and rising or something like that you know but especially when it's all three it's just so powerful because it's like you you just cannot be fake you just cannot be phony like every yeah, part of you just is it's it's, it's really powerful but yeah I could see how it could also be kind of annoying something I,
0: I really <laughs> but, can't be fake so I was told by a Kabbalist who's seen like thousands of people she's like oh my god you are the Virgo-iest Virgo virgo i have ever seen in my life she's just like looking at my chart and she's like oh wow so much earth so much earth whoa whoa That's amazing <laughs> yeah and then I have my Mercury and Leo which makes me like really kind of aggressive when I
1: talk Which I makes totally feel that I Do have very... that? I Mercury and Aries so I am there with you <laughs> oh,
0: okay good good and then like, I love to do a hundred different things at like one time in regards to like career job. Like I have so many interests and I think it's cause my Mars is in Gemini, right? Is that what the placement is? Yeah. 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 I have Mars in Gemini. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I'm learning to do you like being an astrologer too.
1: Yeah. Astrology is amazing. It's my favorite tool. I just find that it's so helpful to, to have that awareness, like I was saying, you know, it helps yeah. us really be aware both of who we are mm-hmm. um, in these different aspects of ourselves, but also, you know, when we're looking at where the planets are right now at any given moment, you know, it's also really helps us to have an awareness of, you know, the energy that's going on and that's affecting everyone. Um, so it kind of has those, those multiple layers of like understanding ourselves and understanding the world.
0: Oh, yeah. Are you feeling the full moon stuff right now?
1: Yes. Yeah. We're really coming into that full moon in Scorpio energy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the full moon in Scorpio that we are having as we're recording this um, is such a just like powerful, magical, really, really deep, dark, shadowy kind of a time.
0: <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> and most Scorpio
1: and Taurus placements are gonna go a little crazy tonight am I right <laughs> yes yeah yeah the full moon always happens when the sun and moon are in opposite signs mm-hmm. um, we always have the full moon and Scorpio during Taurus season um and so yeah Taurus Scorpio people we've got a lot going on right now
0: <laughs> oh yeah good luck to them and good luck to us if we are living with them yeah. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs>
0: so people can book you for readings, right? Can you tell everybody where to find you? Plug yourself, please.
1: Yeah. So I offer private astrology readings. Um, I also have a couple of memberships. We have like a seasonal circle. We do rituals and things. It's a lot of fun. Um, so you can find everything on my website. It's witchoflupinhollow.com. Um, you can find our readings and we have all kinds of, all kinds of fun stuff. We have online courses. Um, and then you can also find the quiz that Davina took, um, mm-hmm. as well as lots and lots of resources about the moon and astrology and shadow work and all the things.
0: So, thank you so much for coming on. I really enjoyed this conversation. With you.
1: Yeah. Thank you for asking such good questions. It was really
0: of fun. course. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks again. Thank you. bye Bye-bye. Bye-bye so if you know me i love to discover new wellness activities and i found the perfect one that would make a great girls night out guys night out uh great for date night gift we have mother's day coming up we have father's day coming up like this is the best gift to get so it's basically you're going to be floating in a tank with beautiful stars on top and the tank is filled with one thousand pounds of epsom salt has so many health benefits. It's great for stress, depression, anxiety. It's great for blood circulation and just great pain management. It's really fun to do. It's so relaxing. You'll take the best nap of your life. And they've been so kind to give a discount for my listeners. So if you mention Divina or the podcast Divine Healing by D, you'll get your first session for $59. That's about 30% off. It's not going to be the first only time you're going to go. You're going to just love to go after one time. So just go to Lyft Huntington and mention my name to get your first session for $59. And let me know how it is and how much you love it. I'm sure you will.